Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Target Transfers podcast. Andy and I are thrilled to be joined by Danielle, Social Media Marketing Manager at Styles again for another episode on how to level up your marketing for your heat printing business. How are you doing, Danielle? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me again. I'm really thrilled to be here. Oh, of course. Well, we had such a great response from your first episode, Social Media Marketing 101. So we figured it's only fair to everybody that's had their heat printing business for a couple of years or a couple of months even, and they want to start really ramping up their marketing. So we're just going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, so let's just jump straight in, shall we? Um, we've Danielle and I had a little discussion before this episode of sort of bullet point things that we want to talk about. Um, and the first one that came up, which I think we're both really passionate about when it comes to social media, is engagement as well as just selling to your customers and I know that we mentioned about talking to people rather than just selling in the first episode but as you build your business and as you grow a community I think engagement is so much more important. I agree I think that um, that is the key to everything really especially on social right because it's called social media right instead of just media so um Yes, engaging with the people that are liking your posts and commenting and things like that. I know we mentioned it before, but again, remembering that there's a person behind the phone or behind the computer that is actually uh, interacting with your page and your posts and channels and things like that. It's so important to remember that. And those people are potential customers. Not all of them are customers. Maybe some of your follow you, but really um, the more you engage and build the know, like, and trust factor is how you'll, um, you'll gain, hopefully, more customers that way. And more people will see how you treat other people because it's all public. So maybe how some, you know, if there's, uh, God forbid if there's a problem, but we all know in business, sometimes there are, sometimes there's issues and things like that. And, and how you uh, treat your, the people who um, comment or let you know about problems is so important because other people will see that. And they'll want to say, you know, people want to know that you'll take care of them too. So. Sorry, go. I was going to say, I completely agree with you, Danielle. I mean, I think and that applies to any business because, I mean, I went away recently, but one of the first things you do is you look at the reviews of the hotels and you kind of judge the hotel by how well they deal with those complaints because hotel, there could be thousands of rooms. But there's always going to be there's always going to be a problem with that on a personal pure, pure volume number. But if they deal with it in a reasoned manner and you're like, okay, I can understand how that could be misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same for heat printers, garment decorators, because you know you've, you're decorating something and sometimes there'll be mistakes or sometimes there'll be a perception of mistakes or but it, sometimes it could just be as simple as someone's washed that transfer too early even though you told them to wait 24 hours but they did it and it came off because it wasn't ready to be washed but if you deal with it in a nice polite manner they were like, okay you st- it's all part of the personality of the business that way mm-hmm. absolutely Sorry, yeah, no, I was just going to say that I think it's really important when it comes to, like you said, they're not customers now that they might be in the future. And it's touch points between them first seeing your brand or meeting your brand online, essentially, and then 
purchasing, whether that be all on social, whether they end up signing up for emails or whether they visit your website a few times. All of these things are what leads them to make that purchasing decision. And if the first thing they see on your socials is sale, 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 they're going to think, oh, I'm not as keen on purchasing from this person who looks like they just want to make profit, which is obviously the goal of any business versus the person who talks to their customers and who shares their journey why and who has engaging content and who I want to watch and then therefore want to support their business from. So I think that's completely, completely true. And we see it a lot here as well from engaging posts often perform better than your salesy posts essentially and then off the back of that you get more sales um which leads me into the next thing I wanted to talk about which we kind of covered in the last one but not to a any level of um actual reporting stats but I think looking at your stats on socials and seeing what's working and what isn't and what people are engaging with is so important because you could do the the prettiest post in the world and it could look lovely but it might get no interaction and then something that you whipped up in five minutes gets a load of comments and a load of likes and that's what leads to to your sales so yeah looking at stats is something I I definitely uh, recommend for people yeah I do too I feel like this is the perfect time right we're coming into a brand new year it would be the perfect time to really do a social media audit and go through each channel that you're on and find out like, you know, have a baseline. How many followers do you have? How many likes do you have? How many, you know, that whole thing, like go through each segment and have a baseline and then have a goal for the following year or even each month. What's your goal for the next month to see you know, how many people are going to your website or your, you know, shops, your online shops, wherever they are. Um, and also, you know, just figuring out the, um, your top performing, like you were saying, your top performing posts, figure out which ones are really working and then double down on those, right? So then do more of those, right? If it's working, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> um, but also know that those sometimes silly engagement means things like that, um, that your following interacts with, you can strategically use those, right? Because if, if a lot of people are engaging with those and then the next day you do a post about your business, more people are apt to see it because they've now engaged with something on your page. So it's not just uh, using those funny memes as, I mean, it's entertaining, of course, but there is strategy behind that as well. So um, just knowing that that works. Then too, I think another thing about uh, the engaging posts is knowing your customer understanding who they are. And I've said it a hundred times. And so have you guys that knowing your audience is so important because you'll get more engagement if they know that you know who they are or what they're about or what they like and things like that. So um, it all goes together. What advice would you give for people who are 
trying to tailor their social content towards their target market. I know we've spoken before about what you, how you'd speak to them in terms of the copy you write to go with uh, the images or the videos um, and how you speak to people through those captions. But say, for example, somebody has quite a specific niche audience. What are some of the strategies that you would give them to reach their target audience? Would you advise them to maybe look for hashtags or to look at current content and see what's working or something like that? Because some people do have really, really niche audiences and it can be quite difficult when you're publishing to a world of Instagram, which has billions of users every single day to really narrow down on who you want to see your posts. Yeah, everything you've said um, makes sense, right? Figuring out, when you figure out who your niche is, you want to speak in their language. You want to speak in their terms. Like, for instance, we have a customer um, who's actually a, a, an ambassador for us. He has a very specific niche. It's disc golf. Trevor Murphy is his name from Anheuser Designs. And he, Anheuser is actually a term used in disc golf. I had no idea. But that's, so he's using terms that are absolutely built around his niche. So that's how he's um, getting or attracting more people in the disc golf community to his page because he's talking in their terms and he's doing designs, obviously, for his niche. So people see more of that as well. Plus, the other thing we talked about last time was the hashtags, um, the local hashtags. Now, Granted, you're online and things like that, so you can ship anywhere for the most part, but you still want to, um, you know, use the hashtags of those locations that you're shipping to. You know, if there's a specific areas that have these, um, your niche is, you know, popular and whether it's football or soccer or whatnot. Um, yeah, so... That's what I would say about that. I think as well, the, the great thing about um, Trevor and his business is he's, he's committed to that niche. I think yeah. he, he's, he's really engaged with it. I mean, it, it does help that he's genuinely interested in it. But if you've gone for more of a niche product, uh, presumably you've picked it because it, it is something you're interested in. So I would say as well is just to um, don't be afraid to be sort of nerdy about that niche because that's what your customers want. That's why they've come to mm -hmm. boundaries because they're interested in, in this case, it'd be at disc golf, whatever it may be. So actually just embrace that fact. Um, and the sort of deeper you go down the rabbit hole with it, they'll come with you because that's what they're interested in as well. They want to, they've probably been searching for a disc golf company for the last six to 12 months that does it properly. And they're like, oh, well, finally, someone that shares my interest. So the more you kind of commit to it, the more that they're going to be committed back to you as well. I have, I have a question. What is disc golf? I've, I have is. no idea what, what you're what talking about. Is? Do you know what a frisbee? Yeah. A frisbee is like... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's that. And then they have... Um, they're like chain goals, basically. They're like chain buckets on poles. So it's like... Instead of golf with a stick and a ball at the bottom, you're throwing a disc to the bucket, hoping to, it's, you know, I could never do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do it. Very I specific. Yeah. But they're doing it on a, on a course the size of a golf course as well, I think. A lot of times so it's yeah. not just a case of like throwing it across the park. It's like 
it could be going 200, 300 yards at a time. You have to throw it that far, it, or do you work your way round the course you and work. you like pick it up and go again um, like a golf course? Yeah, you pick it up and go again, but obviously less. You want to do it in least shots as possible. Oh, okay, and you've yeah, got to yeah. Go through trees and all sorts. It's a very oh, that sounds it's, very it's not specific. Just a, yeah, it's not like I said, not just a case of chucking it around the park. And it's, it's, <laughs> That's um, where it's my very, brain went. <laughs> I think it's, it's like it's, it's semi-pro slash professional already. I think in the US, isn't it? God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when I play, it's just like regular golf. I'm always in the woods looking for my disc. <laughs> it never went the way I wanted it to go. The wind catches it. It just disappears. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. I understood everything you said about tailoring to your niche, but the actual disc golf thing itself was <laughs> completely oblivious. Yeah yeah <laughs> oh brilliant um okay we'll bring we'll bring it back to marketing sorry i uh, changed the subject there slightly um the next thing i've got to talk about which i think is actually a really interesting one if your heat printing business has hit a certain point where you're looking to get new customers or you're willing to give away a certain part of your profit or your product or your business to get those new customers um so talking about um how to get people's email addresses or how to get people to order so either doing like a, a certain percentage off your first order or um, like getting a free gift or something along those lines um and that on social media can be quite an effective strategy really i mean giveaways is another one that we could mention but in general if you do we see quite a lot of like sign up and get 10 percent off your first order um mm -hmm. obviously if you're a startup business that might not necessarily be something that you want to do but because we're talking about established businesses that have been going for a while and want to look into expanding their customer base that could be quite an interesting one if they can factor it into their sort of profit margins yes um i would say the most important thing if you're whether you're starting or or continuing and you just haven't started your email list is to start today you know i think andy would agree with me favorite topic yeah 100 yeah i mean i would say that it it can't underestimate just how important mm -hmm. email still is we always from a target transfers perspective always still have a great response to our emails we still get good open rates mm -hmm. our email um, platform is still growing and growing and growing because people are interested in getting email products i mean at the moment it's a perfect example when i can't remember when this is actually coming out but we're recording on cyber monday so it's about two weeks i think okay so in a couple of weeks time but this would have been so building towards 2023 black friday christmas etc i mean a lot of those business if you, if you are selling direct to consumer if you didn't have an email list this week i mean you can do some stuff on social but you, it's kind of the one of the biggest chunks of your marketing it's just non-existent basically um mm -hmm. so you, you need to be able to communicate to your customers um either you know, to prom do promotions, or it could just be as a case of disrupting their workday. It could be that your your all your customers might be interacting with your product in their lunchtime or their evenings uh, mm -hmm. on social media. But if you're actually selling as a kind of more of a B two B, you need to be able to disrupt them between nine and five. And one of the best ways to still is if you've got their email is to disrupt them during their workday, especially if it's something that relates to their business, mm -hmm. bit of fulfillment for um, clothing. Okay, yeah, actually. And tell them about their, your new products you've got or an offer you might have or just a, a nudge for them to go, oh, yeah, I need to place that order. Um, an email is a fantastic way to do that. And I think we touched upon this in the last episode that Danielle was on. But it's also it's kind of your CRM system. If you're a small mm -hmm. company, especially is that you can you essentially own those emails, you own that data and you can take mm -hmm. it however your uh, the journey of your business goes along. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
the <laughs> the uh oh I lost my thought. Sorry. <laughs> It'll come back. It's okay. <laughs> it always does. It always does. The great thing is this, that you, you can, most email platforms will give you the first thousand to two thousand um, customers for free anyway. So it's not like it's an expensive tool to add into your marketing. It's a free tool. It's something like MailChimp, it's really easy to do. Then you can get started straight away, but you've got that bank of people to contact whenever you need to promote something. Or even just going back to your point earlier about how we should always be engaging with customers rather than just selling. It's actually, it's another way of engaging with people. It could be that you're, you know, in our, in, if, for instance, with us, target transfers and styles, it might be that we've got a new ebook, we've got some education. Mm -hmm. Here's a new printing method for you to try that will enhance your business. It doesn't have to be a sale, it's free information we're giving away, but there's always going to be some form of um, help and assistance that you can pass on to your customers. And an email is a great way of getting that in front of them. It's like 80% of what we do is education based more than product selling, really, which just <clears throat> sort of backs Andy's point up even more. Mm -hmm. Too, if you think about it, the you know we all know that it's so much easier to keep a customer than to grab a new customer, right? So if you have an email list of your customers, then as Andy said and Molly said, it's keeping them along your journey, right? And 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 being able to engage them and let them know they would be the first to know of new products that you know they're interested in. You know that people are these customers who are people <laughs> are actually um you already know that they're interested in your business you don't have to go out and hopefully grab into you know into your journey you they've already purchased from you so it's that much simpler i'm not saying it's easy all the time but it, it's much more simpler and when you're engaging as you said andy and molly with your uh, education giving them tips of how to use them in new ways or what then they're more apt to purchase more of whatever it is. And if it's t-shirts, right, it's, you can give them tips of like, hey, have you thought about a family reunion uh, set of t-shirts for your family or, you know, a bachelorette party's coming. You know, if you have anybody getting married, you've got, you know, we have bachelorette t-shirts, whatnot. So yeah, email's just so important. It's a great way of segmenting your customers as well in a way that social media can't do it at times really as well. That's a very good point. Obviously, the more, depending on what they interact interact with with regards to your existing emails, you can start to understand what they're interested in. Mm -hmm. And it might only be interested in half of what you're talking about. So only talk to them about half of what you're talking about. They might be, in our instance, we might say someone's only interested in heat transfer vinyl. So let's not bore them with heat transfers or vice versa. Um, but there's not really any a way you can do that with social ad platforms apart from starting a separate account to talk about it. But that's mm -hmm. not the simplest thing to do, and it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, but with an email, you can be like, okay, that person's interested in that. I'm only going to email about that. I'm only going to engage with them with what they're interested in. Right. And you can actually tell when people open the email. You know, when we post on Instagram, who really sees it? You know, we hope it's our customers. We hope it's even our followers, but we don't know for sure. But with your email provider, they'll be able to tell you who opened it. And then the people that didn't open it, you can send it again as a, you know, in case you missed it, here's this thing, or here's this message we have for you. So 
Um, yeah, email's so, so important. Over the weekend, you know, it's Thanksgiving last weekend, my brother has his own business and he's been in business for a pretty long time and he very, very successful at the furniture business. And I asked about his email list and he blushed and he said, honestly, we haven't done very well with that. We haven't really tried. And I said, oh, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a separate conversation after Thanksgiving. We'll have dinner and then we'll talk business. <laughs> yes, yes, have some bye, and then let's chat. So yeah, it was um yeah. So I mean it's it's very common to not start your email list, but I implore you, whoever's listening, to start today. Yeah, I think it's you know, if you don't have sorry, if you don't have an email provider right now, like Mail Mailchimp, we talked about is free. There's a couple others out there, but even if it is just people coming into your shop and you have a piece of paper with join our email list or or join our newsletter or something, where they're just even handwriting it for now, because that's the other thing. Please don't ever um, buy lists. You need people to give permission to to send to them that it's against the law to not have their permission or subscribe to the email list you know you don't ever want to be spam or anything like that so just know that buying lists is not the right way to go you want engaged people who want to be who want your messages in their inbox that, that leads into what I was going to say. I, I was just going to mention about how, I know we talked about education over selling for emails and for social posts, um, but providing value to customers because an email, even though we all get uh, hundreds of emails a day from every business that we've ever wanted 10% off from, it's one of those things where you, I don't really open many emails unless I think there's something in it for, for me, essentially. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that come into my inbox every day that's just, have you thought about buying this? Oh, 10% off this. And it's okay for a while, but you like to think that, like what you said earlier, Danielle, about, um, oh, have you thought about this instead of this? You know, giving value or giving them ideas. Um, and actually getting an email, even though we all get loads, is quite a personal thing. Like you don't just give out your email address to a company you don't want to receive information from. So you need to make sure that the information you are selling them is a they've given you permission to send but b will keep them subscribed because if you send a few boring emails or a few pushy emails they can unsubscribe just as quickly and then that's kind of it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i personally like the ones that um uh communicate like like we're talking now like we're talking with friends right I don't necessarily love it when they're like, hey, friend, and I, I've never engaged with them. That that turns me off. But if it with the emails or I sort of I purchase from them quite fre uh, frequently, that's me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Amazon. No, just <laughs> but, um, you know, I like sort of a friendly um, vibe as opposed to very professional but i think it depends on the business right it depends on what tone of voice you want to use with your customers and what um you know the message you want to give that's a good point actually because we've got obviously a very wide range of customers and printing businesses here 
but some of them are very sort of crafty and more personal with customers and they sell their own designs and it's that sort of your typical like Etsy kind of shop that kind of vibe and then you've got other businesses that are more fulfillment they do jobs for other businesses and even the way that they've you've made me think now even when I see their social media posts the way they talk or the way they present what they're sharing is completely different. Like mm -hmm. the fulfillment people will say, oh, great job for such and such using whatever product or um, DM for a quote or whatever that is. Then the other side will be, oh, hi friends, look at my new designs, how pretty, blah, blah, blah. They're completely different. Yeah. Because they know their audience, right? They do, yeah. Very successful if you do that. Yeah. And it's so much easier, <laughs> so much easier. It is, it is. And I'm going to contradict myself here. And I know I've literally just said, the more you try and sell to your audience, if anything, the less they want to buy. However, we had a very interesting discussion last week about selling your best sellers when it comes to products, whether it's email, online, website, whatever that is. I think a lot of marketers are kind of afraid to talk about the same thing over and over again, even though it's the literal description of our jobs. Um, but I think some people are scared to talk about their bestsellers in a way or too frequently as such, but that's definitely something that people should be talking about essentially. Mm -hmm. I think so, but I think it's all part of coming down to one of the things that we always say, talk about internally is would this, if someone went onto our account today and they're seeing it for the first time, does this make sense? And that's mm -hmm. kind of the same thing is that, so, you know, someone could be on your page for the first time ever and so you want to make sure that they are greeted with something that is relevant. And normally your best sellers are the most relevant product to any of your customers. So it's important mm. to make sure that you talk about your best product because if you don't ask anyone to buy it, they're never going to buy it. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very true. I, you know, one of the things that we talked about in that discussion, Molly, was the um, one of our best sellers, which is Thermofilm. Um, it's been around for, gosh, I think 40 plus years. And internally, we feel like we talk about it all the time, but we still have customers to this day say, what's thermofilm? So I feel like, um, you know, as a marketer, but also as a t-shirt business, right? Or even, a, you know, a distributor or anything like that, um, we feel like we're talking about it so much, but especially on social, um, people, we can't guarantee that people are seeing it, right? I mean, like we said, with email, you can see if someone's seeing that message. But on social media, you don't know who's seeing it. We can't always guarantee that someone's online at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday when we've talked about it, right? We hope there are. And even if they're not engaging, we're hoping they're seeing it, but we can't guarantee that. So um, I wholeheartedly believe in talking consistently about your bestsellers. They're a bestseller for a reason, right? Because everyone loves them. They're kind of evergreen, you know, they're, um, you know, they don't, they're not just trendy, they're consistently popular. I think as well, um, I mean, at Styles and Target Trans, we, we try very hard not to use too many jargony product names because we want it to be nice and simple for everyone but there will always be customers that don't understand what thermofilm or sports film extra is so it's important to explain it every so often so that when they do come along mm -hmm. they're like oh that makes sense i understand what you're talking about but if you just kind of went into sort of next level explaining about thermofilm 
they'd be like, this is really confusing. I don't understand. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I actually um, said to our internal team recently in the heat press for profit group, we, a lot of people use acronyms, right? That we have hundreds of acronyms because people who use the products all the time, that's what they call it. And, you know, most of us know, but new people are like, what is UCM? I don't get it. That's not on the product. You know, that's not on the website. And it's like, oh, that's ultra color max. I said, we need to have a glossary term, you know, of terms for people who the new people who join the group will see, like, they can just go and check out what's UC, UCM, you know, things like that. So it is important to um, use the use the names of the products, I guess. But you're right, Andy, explaining what it is. Like, you know, thermofilm would be for football, um, for sports, something, you know, sports that have a, um, contact sports, you know, because they're abrasion resistant, things like that. I think as well, bestsellers are a really great way to not only do you need to talk about them so that new people are aware, like we've just said, but it's it's also a great way to increase engagement on some of your posts. Like if we share a post about a particular transfer or a particular type of vinyl that we know our audience love, we'll, if we ask them a question on who's used this recently or who's got the new colors of this vinyl or or show us what transfers you've been fusing recently or do you prefer screen print or ultra color people that use them will comment as well so not only are you explaining it to a new audience and talking about your best sellers you're boosting your engagement because your current customers who know and love the product just as much as you do will comment on that because they know it and they love it and they want to be involved in the community so it's kind of a win-win situation from both sides Absolutely. Absolutely. And those customers that are doing that are helping you sell, right? Because it's people proof because they're already using it and loving it. I love that. Yeah. Reviews, screenshot, share, screenshot, share <laughs> every single time. Yeah. Plus I think it's, it's, it's <laughs> worth noting is that people are interacting with your page because they're interested in what you're doing. So they want to talk about that. Your best sellers or what the product that is helping them be successful. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's, they're, they're not going to be, it's not a negative to talk about uh, the best selling products. I mean, it's, it's helpful for us, but in reality, it's, they want to learn more about that product because that's going to only improve them as a business anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and to think of, you know, as we're talking about um, t-shirt businesses, let's say our customers who are t-shirt businesses to the end customer, how will it them successful, Right. If your best seller is a great t-shirt with a big smiley face on it, how does that, how will that make the end customer, you know, feel or um, show up in the world, right? If it's, you know, share some happiness in the world, right? Or your friends and family are going to love this, you know, seeing you so happy with this happy face. There's so many things you could do for that, though. Like you could do, say, for example, you're one of those um, sort of Etsy style shops that we mentioned previously and you've got a new design or you've got a best selling design. Mm -hmm. You could share a picture of that and say, oh, who's 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 got this jumper who likes it? And someone might comment, oh, yeah, I've got one. Love the design. Oh, I have one best like most comfortable jumper ever I've worn mine it washes really well that's great if you're fulfillment and you're selling to businesses you could do 
post different products that they might not have thought they needed polos instead of t-shirts hoodies instead of sweatshirts that sort of thing um bundles even if you're selling multiple things mm. together for different or a discounted price they're all sort of things that people are commenting oh such a great deal i've used all of my products this is great all of those things that people who have bought off of you before will just help your business grow further in, in my mm. experience anyway I would I would say as well is that you is that um, trying to put a, a nice way of putting this, but you can't always um, work on the assumption that all your customers are super intelligent as well. Uh, <laughs> you used to be surprised at the amount of businesses I've spoken to, and they weren't selling something for the, for the reason they weren't featuring the bestseller, maybe because they wanted to talk about something else, and their customers might be like, "Oh, I didn't realize you sold t-shirts because you've only been talking about jumpers." Mm-hmm. but unfortunately mm-hmm. that that's why you always have to remember to bring it back around because you will get a question like maybe you've got a new you just bought a bag range so you're only talking about bags and they just think you're a bag company mm-hmm. um because that's all they that's all they see when they go on your platform or on your youtube channel or whatever it is yeah so it's always important to bring it back around to the the core business that way yeah, not everyone clicks onto a website straight away or not everybody clicks on to look at the whole profile or they just see what's put in front of them, essentially, and that's it. Right. One of the things you mentioned, Molly, was the kidding so, or bundling. So you could actually put a best-selling T-shirt and bundle it with something else you sell and you know make it into an, uh, an outfit or some type of gift um example for your customers to show you know so they're so you're showing your best seller but you're also incorporating a few other new things into it so then they see sort of your round you know you're more well-rounded than just t-shirts or just a bag company or something like that but also giving them an idea of how to use the t-shirt or how to fashion it as per se Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Um, Another thing that came to my mind when you were talking about that as well is um, using third-party assets to help your business. So, for example, if you were going to do a bundle or a new T-shirt design, but you didn't want to make, waste money on like sampling or something like that. You could use like the mock-ups, um, like Canva has mock-ups. You can use, um, is it Rallywise or Bella Canvas has the um, like t-shirt prints for social images, for like promos, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, MailChimp has email templates. There's so many things out there that you can utilize as a business at, at any stage mm-hmm. um, to sort of save money, um, efficiency, like you're not wasting money making products that aren't going to sell if you've come up with a new design and you're not sure how your audience is going to take it whack it on a template share it to socials and see like a mock-up and see what the response is before you print loads do all the photos and then don't sell any and have to give them all away yeah that's a great idea the um another one is placeit.net that's a good one too that they have a lot of model shops as well for that but yes i absolutely agree with that i think it's such a good idea to um because then, too, you can also um, mock it up on different things besides T-shirts, right? You could mock it up on a bag from one of the suppliers. You could mock it up on <clears throat> a canvas, even, or something of that nature, too. So there's a lot of different things you can do, especially, like, around the holidays is always good, too. Maybe um, something that I've found is quite useful 
and valuable for people is to maybe do a gift guide, mock up a gift guide for your customers. So, you know, Christmas is a little late for that one this year, but <clears throat> you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. Maybe you have a couple different designs for that or Mother's Day or Father's Day or whatnot. If people aren't sure what they want or, you know, what even what you sell, it's kind you can do an online gift guide, you know, to show ideas of, you know, of different I items that you're selling. That's a really good idea. I like that one as well. I really like that one. Um, that kind of leads us into another great tip that I want to share with business owners, which we're just talking, like you said, about mocking things up and um, creating content is batch creating content and how that can save your business um, time when you've got to that point where you're printing all day and you know you need to take some pictures for socials or you know you need to jump on stories or write an email and things like that um how helpful batch content creation can be even if you just put half an hour or 45 minutes to the side once or twice a week and say i'm going to make a list and film these reels or take these photos in that one time period um how that can be beneficial to, to business owners that are getting to that next level of printing mm -hmm. I actually know some of our customers who just set up their phone and record whatever they're doing during the day. They put it, you know, they're heat pressing, they're just recording everything they're doing. And I think that, and then they, you know, so they, <clears throat> excuse me, they might have hours of video, they might have an hour, they might have 30 minutes, doesn't matter. But you can, as you know, Molly and Andy as well, that we, it's so much easier to just videotape everything at once and then take another day or another hour, 15 minutes or whatever it is to chop up that video into smaller bites into, you can make it into reels, you can make it into a little bit longer video, things like that. But instead of trying to do, oh, I'm going to record this video, then I'm going to edit it, then I'm going to caption it, then I'm going to post it, then I'm going to do everything all in once, a whole day a shot, right? So instead, uh, do one thing first, you know, videotape the whole thing. The next day or when you have time, chop it up into small pieces. The next time, caption those out, add some music, then post. It's, you know, it it's so much simpler to do it that way, I believe. Or if you already have a bunch of posts done, so let's say you have all that done and then now you can schedule out five, six, seven, however many you've got different videos for different days with different captions, things of that, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, that's something that we we put an Instagram box up on our stories today, asking people what they wish they'd known when they started their business or what they would would tell their business younger selves if that makes sense um but one of them was that they wish they'd have known to just record what they were pressing at the time because that content mm -hmm. is just everything so that yeah. that came up in one of the question boxes today and i think you're right it's definitely a good idea to as danielle says do everything in one go rather than chopping and changing so like set your phone up or set your camera up do all your pressing then when you get another half an hour or what have you sit down and chop those up into different videos and something I personally find really helpful when I do that for our like target social content is to actually over time make a list of certain videos you want to film even if it's 
for our customers, it might be that they know they've got a certain order that they can film because I know not everybody's customers want their products online or want their content to be shared. Um, but if they know they've got a particular customer or a handful of orders that they can film is to do all of them in one go. Um, or to make a list of like video types they want to film. So, you know, some people do like the transition reels and um, show three different products. Like there's so many different types, but almost make a short summary list of the content you want to create because you could, if you're filming pressing, it's slightly different. But if you're filming different types of reels and you set your phone up and then you go, right, I'm going to film now. And then you're like, what am I filming? I have absolutely no idea. Like I have no list. I'm not prepared. And it's and that's a time wasting thing in itself. And yeah. the amount of times you're scrolling through Instagram of an evening and you see different reels, different inspirations, and you think, oh, well, I'll film that. I'll film that. Make a list, write it down, put it in your phone notes. And then when you come to film, you have like a pre done list of everything that you want to film. Even if you don't get through the whole thing in that 45 minutes or day or whatever you have, um, you just chip away at it slowly. Mm -hmm. I think something that's in, uh, important as well is that if you if you have a shop, let's say, and you have customers coming in and it's maybe not super, you know, too busy where you're, you know, you can't get to them or whatnot. But if you have customers coming in with shirts that you've made, ask them to take their picture, you know, because that's that's good content, right? It's it's a customer. You could tag them if they want it or you can just use the neck down if that's something. If they don't want their face on your socials, that's okay too. But um, I think, I think, what's the saying? Everything is content, right? That's the whole thing on in Instagram and TikTok. Everything is content. So, that's an audio as well at the moment, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so just if you always keep that in your mind, right? Even if even if you're taking the photo today or the video today, know that you don't have to use it today. You can use it later, but just take the shot. Right. Yeah. So, I think it's it's a good point, and it's something that one of our customers that came in a couple of weeks ago, um, printing on C, uh, who did the podcast recently, and one of the things that they found, or they were starting to encourage people to take photos with them when they came in to mm -hmm. pick up their orders, and what they found was that they kind of almost started to end up as a kind of like um, a yellow pages or a directory. Mm -hmm. It's basically a lot of their their customers are now starting to get more business because they're seeing them on their the printing on c account as like oh here's a really great plumber or builder locally mm -hmm. now people are coming in who's getting work with them. actually yeah they want to be on their instagram because they know it's going to help them as well right so it's kind of a yeah it's a really great circle of business they've got going on now yeah and then they'll share it right they'll share it onto their their pages and whatnot so yeah it's, that's great love hearing that that's kind of like borderline repurposing content, isn't it? <laughs> when you think about it, if it's going that far between different people. Um, that's I know that's one of your favorite topics, Danielle, is, re is repurposing content. It really is. It really is. Why reinvent the wheel? You have all of this content. I think that's that should be like a billboard or something. I should maybe have that tattooed somewhere, maybe. <laughs> a big sign behind I you. <laughs> I won't have that. I'll just make a t-shirt that says reuse repurpose because you know you you've created all this great content and like i said earlier you can't guarantee that everyone's going to be online at two on tuesday at 3 p.m to see it so keep repurposing it don't um i would not recommend posting like right after the other the same message all the time but if you posted at 2 p.m or yeah, 2 p.m. on a Tuesday, let's say, 
then repost it again Saturday at 7 p.m. and see if, you know, what time frame works better or, you know, hopefully you'll be able to reach a few more people. And then, but don't just do it twice that month. You know, if it's still relevant, post it again in another month and maybe three months from now or maybe two months from now. Just, you know, again, it's good content. Not everyone's going to see it. Well, I think that it ties everything up a bit as well that we've been saying earlier is that earlier we talked about understanding what's getting the best engagement. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, okay, what's getting the best engagement? That's what you should be repurposing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it, as well, we're, we're, all, we're all very aware that we are, we're all paid to be marketers. So mm -hmm. we have the we have the advantage for us of working between nine and five at doing marketing. And we know that most people listening don't have that um, possibility, but mm -hmm. everyone has to do marketing, whether they want to or not. If you're a business owner or own a heat printing shop, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so finding that hour each week is, it's not like a nice to have, it's an essential, but mm -hmm. a way of making, you know, if you are a bit stuck for ideas as well, or you need to make sure that you're going back to your best sellers is actually repurposing content ticks every single box because it's going to get engagement. It's going to promote your best product because a lot of the time, the most engaged posts are related to your best sellers anyway, because that's mm -hmm. what people are most interested in. Um, but it's also, it means that you have something to fall back on if you are a bit short of ideas because you've, um, you know, you only have an hour a week to do it, but an hour a week is not unreasonable to expect you to do that. Mm -hmm. But repurposing content is a great way to help uh, fill that content uh, calendar for the following week. Absolutely. And then it goes back to the engaging part, Andy. So when you've um, repurposed the popular posts, then you have time to actually engage with followers, right? And engage with other, not just on your page, you can go and engage on other people's pages. So that will then give you um, exposure to other people. So they'll see your names, they'll see the, the, um, the you know, your handle on each channel or whatnot. And then the more you engage and build community outside of your own page, the more exposure you're going to get. And it's free exposure. It's just you chatting with people. It's just you being helpful to other people or laughing or, you know, having fun and, and, and giving value. So that gives you extra time because you've now repurposed something. You're not recreating the wheel. You're just posting something that's popular on your page. And then you're able to go out and get the, you know, engage other ways. I think one one other way of looking at it as well is, you know, people obviously always worry a bit about repeating themselves, repurposing content is something that to consider is perhaps to pick five, 10 companies that you follow for your own personal benefit mm -hmm. and go through and see what have they talked about. And I bet you find that they've talked about their bestsellers and they've repeated mm -hmm. themselves. You know, uh, it's like, would you tell McDonald's not to post about cheeseburgers? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like they're always going to be, they're, they're the best sellers, so they're going to talk about them and talk yeah. about food. But that's true of like every single brand that's successful. It's like, would you tell Nike not to talk about trainers? Right. Going on the Instagram, <laughs> that's a clip right there. We're keeping that. <laughs> that's a perfect metaphor. I love it. You know, it's not a bad idea either to put on the video or the photo or whatnot an actual like sticker that says bestseller. Because again, that's people proof. People want to buy what other people buy. 
they don't mm -hmm. always want to go outside the box and try something new and they're not really sure but if everybody loves it by being a bestseller for you then people will you know are more apt to try it or or buy it because other people have bought it you know yeah so it's, it's that that confidence thing isn't it like you're you're reassured that you're buying a quality product or something mm -hmm. that other people like and that you're not going to waste your money on essentially whereas if it's like um something that you it might be a bit of a i don't know a cheaper product or something that you haven't bought before or something that not many people have bought like i always look at reviews when i buy things online and if there are if there are less than like five reviews i tend to just go somewhere else because mm -hmm. i don't fully trust the that reliability of the, yeah yeah of the company or the product it sounds silly but it's true no i'm the same way but something to is to be said about those reviews is if you have reviews on your shop or you have reviews on your website use those as social right have a have a photo or a video of the product and the reviews that go with it because once again that's people proof that's how people are going to see like oh that's that's a popular item and this is what people are saying about it oh i've got to try that I think as well, I mean, a lot of the people that will be listening will be fulfillment companies. Mm -hmm. And by actually letting people know what the bestseller is, it's important because the person that's buying your product doesn't know about T-shirts. Mm -hmm. They have probably been tasked by someone like, okay, we need 50 T-shirts and 50 hoodies and some bags. But they're not going to know the difference between 10 different T-shirts. They might go on your website and be like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. So mm -hmm. actually leading them in the right direction, you're helping them, you're adding value. It's like, it's no different trust telling someone which heat, heat transfer to use when or which heat press to buy at a certain stage of their journey. If you, you need to let, uh, to educate people on which t-shirt they might need to. So letting them know it's a bestseller, you know, it's obviously to your advantage, but it, you're, you are helping them because they will understand your business better. And it's not something they're likely to understand. They're not going to know. The, thre the thread count or how heavy it is or what the stitching's like they need they need assistance with that yeah i'd absolutely agree with that i think um yep. oh sorry now I, I was gonna lead us on to our um next point of the of the episode um and it kind of leads in from what andy was just saying actually but guiding people and giving them information and context it's almost, it's similar to, um, we mentioned about storytelling and sort of building your um, brand and taking your business to another level. And I think giving them the education and being honest with them about products and what they should buy, what they shouldn't buy, telling mm -hmm. them what you sell. Obviously, there's a line between like being a bit spammy and salesy, but just being educational, they'll trust, like we always say, people buy from people. They can see straight through you if you're not being authentic. Um, and it's one of the easiest things to do is just tell your business's story, essentially. And that's kind of what we're trying to get um, people to sort of understand at the moment is that you can take your business so far, but then you almost need to put like a face behind the brand or mm -hmm. give a bit of history as to how your brand got started, why your brand got started, what your, if it's a specific niche, what you're passionate about. Um, even silly things like, printers essentially um all the silly things that we get i mean they're not silly they're quite amusing but like people find the peels really fascinating some people love and hate weeding and the conversations around that um <laughs> that putting a bit of personality and personal branding behind your business can really help sort of take it to the next level if you're at that stage mm -hmm. yes i absolutely agree with that too i think 
even some behind the scenes. You don't have to show them exactly what you're using or things like that. So, you know, in our in our business, we can't show all of our secrets, right? We can show some sneaks, but not everything. So, you know, there's proprietary information out there, but there is definitely a way to show a behind the scenes, whether it's who's packaging the um, the product. Are you? You know, I, I love the the TikToks and the reels that show the, you know, small business person. They're like, let me show you my team. And it's, you know, they have a hat on. It's like, I'm the shipping department. I'm the marketing department. I'm the sales department, right? So we're all the same. That, um, How? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Continue. No, I, I was just going to say like showing a little bit of behind the scenes of how you wrap something like, you know, the Etsy um, shops and things like that do a lot of that where they're showing how something will get to their customer or, um, you know, as we said, the peel, right? Everyone's very, that's the whole ASMR MR thing where it's, you know, it just sounds great. It's kind of relaxing. I don't know. We all love it. I, me included. <laughs> I still, I still love to watch those, those videos. So, um, yeah, if, you know, once again, everything is content. <laughs> yeah. How important do you think that talking about your USPs are as a business on your social platforms? So, say for example, you have um you could be either end of the spectrum you could either be selling based on the quality of your products you could be selling at a competitive price it could be the specific designs you have the variety of products you offer do you how, to what extent do you think it's important for businesses to sort of voice those things on their social platforms well i do think that it's um i think it's important to an extent but it it's really what's important to the customer or who they're trying to um, reach, right? So if they're finding in their, um, area that price is an issue, you know, then, or that is, that is sort of a de deciding factor, right? In people purchasing it, um, definitely talk about it. Talk about why it is a little bit higher in price or a little bit, you know, that goes along with the quality of the product and it goes along with the design and it goes along with how um uh support after the sale things of that you know things of that nature i do think that it's important to an extent but it's really figuring out what's important to their customer right the end user how, how does that factor in yeah i think it is it's always important to remember um something that's important to you as a usp might not be important to your customer mm -hmm. might just be like okay that seems yeah. like a normal thing that your business should be doing yeah how does that affect yeah. me yeah exactly yeah. it's always got to be come back to the why why are you talking about it and it's got to be because the customer might be if the customer would be interested in that right so it's what's in it for the customer is really the you know as with anything right what's in it for it's not what what you know for us Right. So us as a brand or big company or us as a small company, it's what's in it for you as my potential customer. Does this affect you? Just is this something that you're interested in? Right. It's the whole thing about knowing your audience and who you're targeting and why. 
you know, why they would be interested in following you or be interested in doing business with you. What's important to them? And that might be a question. You might want to throw that out there. I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Uh, social media and marketing in general is not always just push marketing. Some of it is learning about your customer because what you think your customer wants may not be what they want at all. So asking the questions, asking open-ended questions and getting responses back and then taking those responses to heart and really analyzing it and figuring out what it is they're looking for will help you so much in your marketing, in your in business in general, in your designs, in everything, you know? I think it's something that you guys at Styles do do really well. I've, I've every time I log on to your Facebook or um, Instagram or something, you're always asking your customers questions and getting to know them. Um, so even if, like you say, it's good engagement on that post at the time, but it also gives you an insight into who you're talking to, and it's not just your current customers it's your potential customers because you don't have to necessarily have bought from you before to comment on that post and you just get to know everyone mm -hmm. so much better so you can tailor your content to different people but also the platforms like you on Facebook you'll ask questions and people will comment you can do that on Instagram but I don't know if the square post with text on it would perform as well necessarily on that platform as it would on Facebook I suppose it just depends what the question is, how it's presented, how it looks, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We do get quite a bit of engagement, um, especially for, as you and you asked the question today on Instagram about what, uh, um, what, what do you wish you knew when you first started your business, basically? Yes. Yeah. Um, things like that get great engagement because people who have been in the business for a while want to help others right? It's all always about helping the new people get up and running and started and things like that. But so for our customers, so something that, you know, what do you think some, some questions could be that our customers could ask the end user? Was that a question for us? <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I was like, I wish you could blow up with an answer to that. Or we meant to be answering. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I think you can ask lots of questions around like what do you expect from the product? What are your favorite types of hoodie? Do you like a zip through pull or a pullover hoodie? Just zip little, through zip, zip through pull. Is that yes? Yeah, is that thing? A zip hoodie or, or a pullover hoodie? There we go. Do you prefer hooded or like crew necks? What do you prefer about what colors do you like to see on garments? There's there's lots of ways you can engage with it. I think um, mm -hmm. just asking them like, hey even it's just a case of this or that with yeah. two different color options um, just to mm -hmm. kind of start the engagement and start to understand how they want to interact with your product, what is pushing their buttons. There's, there's lots of ways because but I think it comes back to, um, I can't remember which one you mentioned earlier, but it's, but it's you're also trying to build the experience of getting your product as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's why you could talk about, how, did you like the the package that it came in? Did, if it comes in a nice bag or a box or however you, it arrives at the customer, it could just be because opening a box and trying to get them to sort of feel that feeling of getting your product again. Mm -hmm. That's actually a good point in terms of getting them to share it on socials. You want to create something that people want to show off on their social media, whether they just have a personal account or whatever else, they're part, like a business account creator, whatever it is. 
you want like if I receive a really nice package I'm like oh that's that's photo worthy I want a picture of that whereas if it's just a box like not dissing them because I use them a lot and they're fantastic but no one posts Amazon parcel deliveries on their stories you would if it's like a massive box and it's like oh whoopsies Black Friday but your generic posts that come every however often you shop um, I would never post that on Instagram, but you receive right. a Nike package from a small business that's got, I don't know, tissue paper in it or something nice. You are going to put that on socials and you're going to promote the brand. So not only is it giving that customer an experience and creating future sales with them, it's also boosting your social um, mm-hmm. awareness and engagement and all of that. Yeah, I agree. Some other things you could do too is that if you have, like, let's say you're, you sell performance wear, that's your that's your niche, right? You're selling sporting goods or whatnot. You can ask, are, are you an adventurer? Are you a sports, you know, are you team sport? You know, do you prefer biking or do you prefer bowling? I don't know, <laughs> you know, but, but that will help you too. In learning. Yeah, it could be like, what's your, which number is your lucky number or something like that. Sure, sure. Or even what type of music do you like? If you, you know, what do you do on a Sunday afternoon? My, my favorite one that I asked you the other week when we had this conversation and I said to Danielle, what was your best performing post this week? And she went, I asked people what their favorite Thanksgiving food was. It had nothing to do with heat printing, but exactly. it was the most successful one. Yes. I think we got like a hundred comments on that. It's mad. And I learned it? about some new food that I'm actually going to try. It delicious. Oh, really? Have you got, give us an example. Oh, I don't know. Someone said something about cranberry salad and I had never heard of that before. Oh, that and it had like, like oranges and pecans and some other things in it that just sounded interesting that I thought, Oh, I can try that. You know, <laughs> so. the one I find interesting on our page has nothing to do with food, but um, <laughs> sometimes I'll put up a post that says like, do you prefer printing on t-shirts or sweatshirts? Everyone has a preference for that. Yeah. But then the one I find interesting now is sweatshirts v hoodies, because mm-hmm. I think hoodies are still popular. They've always been popular and I think they always will be, but we're definitely seeing sweats become more of a trend now she says wearing a sweatshirt um, but I, I I reach for sweats more than I do hoods now because I can't stand having like it gets in the way and I don't like yeah, it and, it pulls back a little bit yeah 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 but then some people yeah. would never wear a sweatshirt and will only reach for a hoodie and then it's the whole like you said pullover or zip up there's so many things yeah. that even though that's relevant for us as like the supplier it's still relevant for the end user because it might be what do you prefer wearing Mm -hmm. zip up or pullover what should we be producing what do you want us to print on you know right right even colors right it's what colors do you prefer do you prefer a black hoodie do you prefer a white hoodie do you prefer a black lettering do you prefer white how about teal how about yellow you know yeah i love white hoodies but they never stay clean never i know i know right that's when you have to get the fabric um protector or whatever on it yeah 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 scotch guard um another good one would be like what are the colors of your schools your local schools your high schools and things like that what are the colors because while you may not be doing sports lettering and numbering for them you could be doing fan wear so you could actually you know figure out what's popular in that as well yeah that's or a really good idea the mascots in your area what's the mascot is it a lion is it a tiger is it a warrior is it a spartan is it a you know 
Oh, we found quite a lot of um, six people having success doing that for like levers and things because obviously <laughs> some schools they have either black or white or grey hoodies, but the actual school badge on the front or the print on the back or the hoodie colour they want to match the school. Um, so they've been obviously using the specific Pantones for the screen print transfers to go to the school and be like, look, we can get it this close to matching what you what your school color is it's literally identical i think that's been boosting sales as well so yeah as much as you know favorite colors and brand colors and things like that are important the um i mean lever season is up and coming i know we've spoken about it a lot but that's that's still something that i think people aren't taking advantage of enough is the fact that you can panto match colors for things like that to increase the chances of you getting orders for potentially like hundreds of hoodies just for one year right yeah Cool. I mean, do you have anything else to add to today's? Well, yeah, one thing I just wanted to add on the, uh, going back to the storytelling part and people buying from people is that um, we've had the privilege of meeting lots of our customers recently at events that we've been doing in-house or externally. Um, and when we get the chance to speak to, to our customers or you as listeners, really, is that so many of you have interesting stories about why you started a business, what your niche is, why you're doing what you're doing. But I would say that probably only 10% of you, uh, if I hadn't had that conversation, I would. there's no way I would ever be able to know that, where they're going on your social pages, your website. It just doesn't exist. So the kind of call to action for 2023 is for all of you, as you kind of start to carve out that hour or more of your week to commit to doing more marketing is making sure that you are telling your story of your business because it's important and people will buy into it especially because nearly all of you've got really interesting stories mm -hmm. um that your customers will definitely want to hear even if you think it's silly or trivial or no one wants to hear about it anymore because and they're bored of it your customers will want to hear about it so make sure that 2023 is the year of getting out of there and storytelling and putting your face in front of the camera so they can um you can be more authentic with your audience and get more engagement from it that way. I absolutely agree. And I will be the first to say, get your face out in front of people. I am the most camera shy person around, but sometimes you got to bite the bullet and just get it done. Right. People want to see you, you know, people see you every day. A camera's no, no different than someone standing in front of you. So I will absolutely do that too, Andy. Tell your story. <laughs> Tell your story. Yeah. That's going to be our next t-shirt. Tell your story. That's <laughs> Danielle's got a list at this point. <laughs> so, I'm going to be very busy in the next few weeks of making my t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well it's it's very easy for uh, like for us to sit here and go you need to tell your story you need to film yourself blah 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 but it's it's not like you're doing it live it's not like you're doing it in front of an audience it's just you and a phone most likely or a camera or a laptop or whatever you're using and if it goes horribly wrong you can delete it and do it again like yeah. we had this conversation with our last week's guest Taffy who's moving into like the videography space for his business um but we were just talking about this exact thing of getting your your face out there telling your brand story like um not awareness it's familiarity with like who runs the business and the face behind the camera and all of that mm -hmm. and you know we were saying that it, you can literally film 10 videos and not use all of them but it's the fact that you've done it the fact that you've started and taken that first step and you just get better with every one that you do so even if you know it's just like a picture a picture of you at first to introduce yourself and then you do a little 10 second story or something like that to slowly introduce yourself to it but there can be benefits in the long run and if you start now think where you can be in six months time with your business 
-hmm. It definitely gets easier doing it. I mean, I'd say that does it. Neither neither (laughs) of us probably expected that we would be doing a a video podcast about target transfers a couple of years about t-shirts. Exactly, but we knew that. Uh, in the same way that it would be to the benefit of target transfers if we did it and made it easier for heat printing to be more accessible to everyone, um, it's no reason everyone listening can't do the same for their business as well. And it's proven very successful so far. Yes, it is. It, I will. I will be the first to admit I was terrified the first time <laughs> because I'm just not. You know, I don't know. I've just never been on camera before like this, but. It helps to think that you're, you know, as this is true for me, but if you're doing it by yourself in front of a phone, it helps to think that you're talking to friends. And luckily I am currently talking to friends, so it's great. But but if you are just doing it by yourself in front of a cam, you know, in front of the camera, uh, it's, you know, it's easy. You're basically talking to yourself or think of it as you're talking to your friends. And as Molly said, you can edit it. So I'm so glad that we can edit this one too. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a funny one though because we have these conversations every single week. Yes. We're yes. just recording this one, and right? it, it's amazing how much just knowing that in your head changes the dynamic Everything. of how you present it. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I think sometimes too you get, or I know that I have gotten where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't love the sound of my voice, but, you know, because I don't always hear it, you know after or while you're talking you're you don't realize how your how your voice sounds and then you hear it recorded and you're like oh but you just get used to it it's the same you know we're just talking to friends that's it i I don't listen back to these podcasts i won't lie i i put them together to go up online but i don't have to listen to all of it to do it i put the intro on the beginning outro on the end up it goes obviously if there's any like major bits in the middle which luckily for the 28 or 30 episodes or whatever we're on have been minimal. We have not had to do many edits. Majority of these are just one single upload. But then when um, the podcast clips go up, which we don't edit, um, I hear this either Andy or myself in the back of the office and I'm like, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you guys make it so easy though. It's, It's such a joy to be here with you. Thank you. Oh, it's so nice to have you back on. I think I really hope that this has helped uh, for those of you listening. If you are at that point in your business where you're thinking, I really want to ramp up, I want to do something different, push it a bit more, but I'm a bit stuck. I hope this has helped you to take that next step and to, you know, get out of your social media marketing rut, if you will. Um, If anyone has any further questions for Danielle or for either Andy and I, drop them in the comments below and we will get back to you. Um, Maybe even in another episode, you never know. Now that Danielle's been on camera, she's all for it. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> Just like, yeah, great. Next week. <laughs> um, but no, I think that was everything for today. Did anyone else have, anyone else have anything to add before we finish? Cool. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much to everyone for watching. Thank you to Danielle again for coming on. We've loved having you. Um, And make sure that you're liking and subscribing to the Target Transfers podcast. Make sure that you're going follow uh, Styles on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of the platforms. We'll put all of the links down below. I think it will really benefit all of our UK customers to follow Styles in the US purely for sort of education and inspiration, all of that. Um, And until then, we'll be back next Thursday with another episode.